Welcome to the Keeping It Israel podcast with Jeff Futers, where Jeff and his guests talk everything Israel as it relates to Christian faith and the church. If you are a Christian and you stand with Israel, you will be encouraged and challenged by this podcast. And if you're not so sure about the whole Israel thing, you need to learn how your faith connects with Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's Jeff with today's guest. Hi, welcome to the podcast and great to have you with us again this week. Now, last week we told you that it would be our final episode with Gene Binder discussing uh, the foreshadow of the feasts. However, we got into our conversation last week and it was long enough that felt like it would be better to make this two podcasts. And so uh, last week we talked about the feasts themselves and what the feasts mean, why they were put in place, why God instructed the children of Israel to observe these feasts of the Lord or these appointed times. And now this week, we're going to pick up and talk about how Jesus fulfills the first four feasts and then the last three fall feasts, what that's going to look like as uh, those are fulfilled in the future age. And so I know you're going to enjoy this podcast. We will now rejoin that interview already in progress. We digress. All right. So what I want to do, I'm going to go through these now and look at how they're fulfilled. Okay. The first four, those spring feasts are going to be fulfilled in the Messianic era that we live in now. So they're, they're already fulfilled. And the last three, we're still waiting. And uh, what I want you and I want your listeners to see how precise God is with these things. Okay. Because there's a lot of things where we, we take some liberty and we say this foreshadows this, but maybe it happened like a week before or a month after. These all land precisely on the day and sometimes on the hour that the feast is celebrated. So we'll mm-hmm. start with Passover because that one is, is within a window of time that's very precise. So um, it's no accident that Jesus was crucified on Passover. Don't ever miss this huge detail. Um, just like the lamb, that, the, the unblemished lamb that was slaughtered and his blood was put on the home and the angel of death Passover. This is Jesus. He's called the lamb of God by John. And in, in, in 1 Corinthians, it says for Messiah, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. He is that unblemished lamb and he fulfills this first feast of Pesach. But get this. So um, on the day that Jesus was crucified, now there's some controversy about locating these days, but let me, let me just say, if God is going to have Jesus die, he's going to have die at this time. There was a, there was a window of time that the, the lambs are sacrificed and it's between two and three o'clock in the afternoon and uh, or t- excuse me two and five o'clock and the scriptures are very clear when jesus takes his last breath the six hour he takes he gets he takes it on his last breath on at two o'clock um and so here we have god he's one for one he's not it's not the day before it's not the day after it's not even earlier in the day or later in the day it's during the window of time window of time that the the lambs would have been sacrificed. And, and, and we know this because 
they're going to have why they stop at five because it's going to be a Sabbath coming. Right. And, exactly. Uh, anyways, Jesus fulfills that he's the lamb of God. He, so God's one for one. I just want to keep track of that. God's one for one. The next day starts the feast of unleavened bread. And like I told you, you have to get rid of the yeast. Um, and in, in his death, there's a rush because it's a Sabbath. They want to get him down off the cross and get him into the tomb before, before the Sabbath comes, right? And it says in Isaiah 53, 9, talking about that great chapter, talking about the promised Messiah, that he was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence nor any deceit in him. And I mentioned that because... This is talking about Jesus' atonement that he makes. And throughout the scriptures, we're, we're given some pictures about yeast. And in some places, yeast is, is uh, equated with sin. And so in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us. He put, right in Isaiah 53, he took our sins upon himself by his wounds. We are healed. He made him who had no sin for us so that uh, he to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is a beautiful picture of atonement. And so we have Jesus buried in the second feast. And um, it's, it, it just kind of equates to the Jewish people who take the the yeast out of their home and they burn it or they bury it. They get rid of it. They get rid of the yeast. And um, this is, this is so important to equate Jesus to the, the, the ridding of your home or ridding of your heart of yeast of sin. And so that got, that makes God two for two. He was, he was crucified on Passover. He was buried on the feast of unleavened bread. Then we get to that third feast where we're only told to celebrate it after the day after the Sabbath that falls during the Passover. And um, of course that then we will think that that's not Saturday. That's the Sabbath. So it has to be Sunday. By the way, there was, there were, there, there were kind of two camps between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. The Pharisees um, believed that there was a special day for the Sabbath, but on the year that we kind of, suppose that jesus was crucified that they both fell on saturday of course they would have both lined up together so the controversy gets taken away as long as you have the date right but in any case think back to there to to two thousand years ago or so to this year that jesus was crucified he's buried and for this third feast the feast of early first fruits yom habikurim uh, all these Jews are bringing those first sprigs that are coming out of the ground. They're hopeful. The priest is going to do a wave offering and um, promising that God will be faithful. And so he's waving it, right? Just imagining him waving it. If God is faithful to bring these early first fruits out of the ground, he'll bring the latter first fruits later on. And right as he's saying it, some crazy Jewish guy comes running down the streets of Jerusalem yelling, He's risen. He's risen. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you just yeah. picture that? 
I mean, that's amazing. This is why I call the book Connecting the Dots. I mean, that's powerful imagery that we have. Mm -hmm. And on the day, this is probably the most important feast to understand as a believer in Yeshua. On the day, after the Sabbath, in the Passover, which is our day Sunday, or the first day of the week, the day that the Jewish people were to take the first sprigs of grain, again, this is an agrarian kind of an image, make a wave offerings, a promise that the rest of the harvest will come later on. That's the day Jesus rises from the dead. And isn't it kind of interesting that this one feast is the, uh, is the one that the Jews don't really celebrate any longer? The one that's the most important to us as as um, you know believers in Yeshua, uh, the Jews no longer celebrate this. I'm I'm not wrong about that, am I? I would I would say that most Jews don't celebrate that as right. the grain harvest, as most Jews don't celebrate the Feast of Trumpets, or uh, they celebrate it as Rosh Hashanah, the, the Jewish New Year. Yeah, it, right. It's, you know, but, you know, the more orthodox you get, the more pure you get. And the, the ultra-orthodox still see this the way that God gave them. They don't like to modify okay. things. Um, so, um, yeah, if, you, if, if we could talk to a, a modern orthodox, or a, not a modern, but an, an ultra-orthodox person, uh, you probably get some consensus that, yeah, this is what God said this was. This was an agrarian holiday celebrating the grain harvest. I don't have it in front of me, but there's actually a specific verse that talks about Passover or about how Shavuot was celebrated as um, the beginning of the harvest season. Mm. So your listeners will have to go ahead and they, they can either write me or they can uh, do the search themselves. All right. If they want to write you, what's your, do you give your email address out? Gene Michael Binder at gmail.com. All right. There you have it. That's pretty easy. Yeah. We'll, we'll put it on the bottom of the screen, too. But uh, all right, good. This is exciting. So we're, okay, we're, so four, we're four in. We're three in. We're, just we're three in. Sorry. That stops, and then you start this countdown, right, or count up. Day one, day two, day three, day four. Jesus is around for 40 of those days, remember? Right. And on the 40th day, what does he tell his disciples? Go get in an upper room and wait. Just pray and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, who, what, what do you think they're doing in that room as devout Jews? I mean, they're still very devout, Torah-keeping mm. Jews. They're counting day 41, day 42, day 43. Do you think maybe in their mind, it hasn't come yet, day 44, day 45. It's going to come on day 50, isn't it? I'm almost sure of it. We're counting down to this. And sure enough, on day 50, as Acts chapter 2 records, it says, on the day of Pentecost, they are all together in one room, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit bursts out. And you can see why you get this kind of, you know, for a lot of us, a lot of Christians kind of pick up on this as the celebration of the giving of the Holy Spirit, which it is. And compared to the giving of the Torah, you know, rules on stone, the giving of the Spirit rules on human hearts. I, don't, I think that's a valid thing, but it's not the feast, right? The feast is what comes at the end of this chapter. 
So what happens? They, they all begin, the Holy Spirit's floating around, tongues of fire. They begin to, there's people from every nation because this is one of the three pilgrimage feasts. They're coming from all over the place. And they hear them talking in the language that, of, of their hometown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it sounds like, it just sounds like a bunch of babbling. So they think they're drunk and Peter gets up. He says, no, it's just nine in the morning. Um, but this is what the prophet Joel promised that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And then he gives this, if you read it, he gives this very uneventful evangelistic speech, gospel presentation. It's not much. I mean, I mean, today, if you were to go out and just read this to people, they'd go, yeah, you know, doesn't mean anything, but the Holy Spirit's there. And at the end of the speech, they say, what must we do to be saved? And he tells them, believe, be baptized. And that's exactly what happens. So they believe they go down. Well, actually, most people believe that, that Peter had already left the upper room and he's on the southern steps giving this speech. And what's right there on the southern steps? Dozens of what's called mikvahs, mm-hmm. baptismals. And they're all baptized in the mikvahs. And it says 3,000 Jewish pilgrims come to faith that day. 3,000. So we go from a grain harvest to a soul harvest begins on Shavuot. There it is. And I, That's awesome. I, I love that. I think God's worth the for it. What do you think? I think so. I think okay. so. so. For the sake of time then starts the harvest, right? And that's why Jesus said, you know, pray to the Lord of harvest. Um, you know, because the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. This is what he's referring to. It's time, it's time to work. You know, we're in the harvest season. But you get through it, and, and sure enough, you get to the fall, and you get to Yom Teruah, which is the, the Feast of Blowing or the Feast of Trumpets. And this is a feast that is going to um, parallel or foreshadow the um, the end of the harvest, right? Right. Oh, by the way, I, I have to just back up a little bit, okay? And For just, sure. Uh, just, just let me back up just to the resurrection. Because just so your listeners will have this verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 23, we're talking about first fruits, right? It says, but Messiah, this is an argument that the Pharisees are having with the Sadducees. The Sadducees did not believe in a resurrection. They're arguing that it does. And so Paul, being a Pharisee, says, but Messiah has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits from those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man, for as in Adam all die, so Messiah, all will be made alive. But in his each turn, Messiah, the first fruits, first, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Remember, God will be faithful to bring the harvest later on. Okay, I wanted to make sure they had that verse because that's such an important verse. So fast forward to the end of the harvest season, which is Yom Teruah, the, the blowing of the shofar. I mean, it's just blasting them all day long. And um, what are we told is going to bring the Messiah back? Let me just read two verses to you. 
see if this doesn't sound like the Feast of Trumpets. Listen to this. I tell you a mystery. We will, will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In, in our church, we call this the nursery verse. We won't sleep, but we will all be changed. Get it? <laughs> I flash, love it. That's great. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will all be changed. That is a last day's verse of the Messiah's return. But even clearer than that is 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. We're talking here about the end of the soul harvest is going to happen. Now, it hasn't happened yet, but God's four for four. And so a lot of us believe that it'll probably happen on Yom Teruah some, some fall, October uh, time. And, you know, who knows? I've got a trip scheduled for uh, a, a tour, initial scheduled for early October. Maybe, maybe we'll be there when that all happens, because one of these years it's going to happen. My guess is he'll be, at this point, he'll be five for five. And like the other feasts, you think that the raising of the the dead and the gathering of the rest of the saints into the messianic kingdom would be a time of celebration, just like it would be for bringing the, the grain in. But in the same way, there's a pause and it's the most solemn next 10 days. The same thing happens with us at the end of the harvest. It's, it isn't a time for celebration. Re Revelation 14, 15 through 16 says, then another angel came out of the temple and called in a loud voice to him who was sitting on the cloud, take your sickle and reap because the time to reap has come for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who was seated on the dust swung his sickle over the earth and the earth was harvested. But there's no celebration because right at that next moment, it's going to be what I call the mother of all Yom Kippurs, the mothers of all uh, days of day of atonement. It's the great white throne judgment where each mm -hmm. soul is going to be judged um, according to, to either their life or according to their faith. And you want to be judged according to your faith. Trust me. But after <laughs> that, it's going to be the party, the foreshadowing of the feast of booths remember jesus said in my father's house there's many rooms if it were not so i would have told you i'm going to prepare a room a place for you if i go to prepare a place for you i will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where i am and this will be also the mother of all feast of booths because god is not going to decorate uh these these sukkot or a sukkah with uh, things like wheat and corn and barley and stuff like that. He's going to decorate it with us. We're going to be his bounty. And we will be forever with the Lord. So my guess is God's going to be five for five. And I don't know. It's amazing when you, you think about this, that somebody, and it can only be God, could orchestrate things in such a way to pull this off over an entire course of history, the way these feasts play out and all the other 
six foreshadows as well. So these these last uh, three, they kind of they stack up fairly fairly close together, right? You've got you've got Yom Teruah the very next day. The ten days of awe starts, and then you have Yom Kippur, which is two day. And then how long between? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's really just one day. Oh, it's you one know, day. Okay. Jews tend to want to extend, like for instance, the Sabbath is really only a 24 hour day, but you know, we make it 25 hours just to play it safe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So then how close, how close on the heels of, um, of Yom Kippur does Sukkot come? Just about three or four days later, three or four days later, right on the heels. Yeah. So when, when these are fulfilled future tense, um, it's a it's a fairly it's a fairly quick succession of events. I mean, we don't know exactly how long it will take um, when when it happens. However, if God is five for five, six for six, seven for seven, um, are are we suggesting that maybe the these are the dates that uh, some of these monumental things will happen? I know we don't you we know, don't like to set times and dates. The only but... thing when, when people press me about my eschatology, I say the only thing I'll tell you for sure is I know Jesus is coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else is just fun to debate and talk about. Unfortunately, a lot of people make it so um, you know, they, they hold on to it so tight that they divide relationships over different opinions. Um you know, the thing of it is we're right now, you and I were stuck in time mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, prior to the, the feast of trumpets, I would say that, you know, oh, well, I, I don't have to say they all landed right on those times. Right. Will we still be under the burden of a, t- of a time clock after the trumpet blows? I don't know. So it could be instantaneous. It could be that they're actually, you know, separated by the same time periods that they are now. But we'll miss the point (laughs) completely if we just start, you know, debating all that and don't miss the great point that God is coming for us. And uh, this is his plan to build an eternal family. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, you talked about the trumpet, uh, the Yom Teruah, and again, you know, my mind goes back to the the marriage covenant and the and the the um, the way that all of that unfolded. You know that the father would send the son to get the bride, and when the bridal party arrived in the in the bride's village, they would blow the trumpet and announce uh, the arrival. Uh, just love how all of these things. Um, intertwine and, and sort of mesh together. It's just amazing. Yeah. And that's what it is. That, that entourage that's coming from his father's house in my father's house, there are many rooms, you mm-hmm. know, that entourage that leaves in the real ancient marriage to go to the, the village where his uh, betrothed is at is, is through a lot of blasting of shofars. And um, yeah. And all, there's so much of this that, overlaps and intermingles and when you have it all together he goes oh my gosh 
you know, yeah. makes now the story of the 10 virgins just come to life about what that really is picturing, you know, right. And why how important it is not to let your lamps go out and, um, and, and to be, you know, to be ready, which by the way, I just as a way to, to, to kind of wrap this all up, um, there's a verse in Jeremiah. It's interesting. It says the harvest is past. The summer has ended and we're not saved. This is Jeremiah who's writing of the exile, but how appropriate is it just for human life in general in thinking about the, the, um, the annual feasts and their, and their cycles and you get past the harvest and the trumpet blows and you're not saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so first and foremost, you know, if you don't know the Lord, if you haven't said yes to him yet, this is so important. You don't want to, you don't want to miss his return. But secondly, a lot of people say, what am I supposed to do with my life? Well, let me just, I'll just give it to you really simple. You just have to ask what season are we in, in God's timetable for the feasts, the spiritual mm-hmm. feasts. Yeah, exactly. And it's harvest time, right? Right. The grain, the spiritual harvest started 2000 years ago in that upper room. And it'll end with the trumpet blast. In the middle, there's no feast because it's harvest time. You only have a certain window of time to bring right. it in. So no matter what you do, you know, whether you're in a librarian or a mom or a scientist or a doctor, the thing yeah. that you should be doing the most while you're doing your vocation is sharing your faith. And the best way to share your faith is to live out your faith the way that Jesus lived out his life. So not so much with words, but with actions. It's hard. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah. I, I, that, that sort of arrested me uh, in the book as well. When I, when I read through it the first time and realized, uh, you know, how these fall and when the Holy Spirit comes and Peter gets up and preaches that incredible message, uh, you know, the harvest of souls begins and it will end when the when the trumpet sounds. And, and you know, the you make that statement in the book and it, it just it hit me so uh, clearly. You know, the, why are there no feasts during the summer? It's because it's because everybody's busy working. They're bringing in the harvest. And this is the age, this is the time that, that we are in. And uh, great, great thought for people who are listening. Always a good thought for me to be reminded as well. And, uh, you know, if, if I think about the ministry that, that we're involved in, uh, you know, attempting to help the body in Israel reach uh, the Jewish people, her own people, uh, with the message of the Messiah. Um, this is one of the reasons why I think I said to you uh, last week or the week before, you know, I, I, I'm torn. I want this day to come. I want to hear the trumpet, but I feel like we have lots of work to do before, you know, before that day arrives. And so um, that would be my, you know, my only hesitation. God forgive me, but uh, uh, I want to be. A verse that we looked at in the second podcast on the covenant. No one knows the day or the hour, not even the angels, not even the sun. Exactly. 
Yeah, just, that's you know, right. Our job is to just be faithful and it'll come. And we'll either be that group that will be the dead in Christ or we'll be the alive in Christ. I kind of elect to be the alive in Christ. I, I'm ready. But uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the hour or the day. Well, none of us do. I, I think I know the feast. So there you go. There you go. We'll have to see if that's correct. Yeah. Well, Gene, it's been a it's been a pleasure to be able to uh, go through this material with you. And uh, I know that our listeners have appreciated it. I do want to, uh, you know, say thank you for taking this time and uh, and helping us with this. But I also, you know, want to encourage you if you're listening, um, we didn't cover everything. We, we really just kind of scratched the surface of a lot of this. And uh, you need to go get Gene's book. I won't ask you because I've got it memorized now. It's boldjourney.com slash books with an S boldjourney.com slash books. And you can go and get a copy of, uh, of Gene's book, Connecting the Dots there. And uh, I would highly recommend it. Uh, Don Darling, if you're listening, you're probably not getting your copy back. So uh, <laughs> maybe Gene can give you another one. But anyway, it's been fantastic. I, I've enjoyed uh, our talks together and getting a chance to get to know you a little better. And uh, I look forward to sharing a meal with you one day in uh, Jerusalem or Tel Aviv or Tiberias or all of the above. And uh, that would just be fantastic. Yeah, there's a, a famous Jewish phrase you say at the end of every Passover Seder, Lashana Hababe Yerushalayim, next yes. year in Jerusalem. But maybe, maybe uh, next October. Maybe, maybe. Well, I'll, enough, I'd love to see you there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll look forward to the possibility of that. And uh, God bless. Been great to have you with us. And um, thank you. Well, thank you for joining us for the podcast today. And I know that you have enjoyed Gene Binder and him talking to us about the material in his book, Connecting the Dots. And uh, how exciting today to be able to share together and to talk about the day that is coming when Yeshua will return for his bride. And I know that uh, we are all longing for that incredible day. Listen, if you don't know who Yeshua is, you need to find out. You need to reach out to somebody that you know who is a follower of Jesus. You need to uh, write myself or write Gene. We'll put our email addresses below here. Uh, GeneMichaelBinder at gmail.com and you can reach me at Jeff at FirstCenturyFoundations.com and we would love to talk to you about allowing Yeshua to come into your heart and into your life. But listen, uh, really appreciate you being part of this podcast and just to remind you, you can get Gene's book uh, online at his website, boldjourney.com slash books, boldjourney.com slash books. You can also get the Kindle version. It's available on Amazon. Listen, we are a charity. 
We are a ministry that is helping ministries in the land of Israel. We like to remind you of that every week. These uh, materials that we post online for you, uh, if you enjoy them and you want to help support our ministry, we would love to have you do that. Or if you'd like to help ministries in the land of Israel, that's what we're all about. And uh, we just appreciate so much anybody who engages with us in that way. And you can go to our website. That is firstcenturyfoundations.com slash donate and be receded for your giving both in the United States and Canada. Phenomenal to have you with us today. And we have some exciting podcasts coming up in the future. You might notice a little different background today uh, in this closer. And that is because we're refreshing, rebranding our podcast. And uh, so Keeping in Israel is going to have a new look very soon. So we want to invite you to come back. God bless you. Thanks for being with us today. And remember, as Christians, we stand with Israel.